Well, today we're going to jump into the Word of God, and um, the title of the message today is The Way of Jesus, The Way of Jesus. So will you join uh, with me in prayer this morning? Lord, we thank you for your presence, that we can worship you, God, um, unashamed, God, and in your right, clothed in your righteousness today. We can boldly come into your presence, Father, in time of need. And Lord, I thank you so much for your kindness and your grace. I thank you that you've won our hearts, Lord, with your goodness. And as we come to your word today, God, I just pray that we'd see you more clearly. Jesus, we'd see you for who you are. And the lies we've maybe been believing would be tore down by the truth of the word of God. And that we'd feel the invitation today, Lord, to to know you better, to give you more, God, to surrender more fully, more deeply. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Have you ever admired somebody before? Ever admired someone? And thought, had this thought, man, I just want, I want to be just like them someday. Anybody this morning, if you've, you've taken notice of somebody, I want to be just like them someday. Maybe you're inspired by their bravery, their character. Maybe it's their abilities, what they're able to do. As a kid, um, I had a bunch of favorites, a lot of people I admired, especially in sports. So uh, here we go. In basketball, it was Vince Carter. I don't, you know, I don't know who knows who Vince Carter is, but he could jump really high. And so that was really cool. So I wanted to be like Vince Carter. We'd practice at home. We'd jump on a trampoline and then do dunks. And uh, he could do double under the leg and slam it. And I could do it too with the help of a trampoline and a six-foot hoop. But who's, that's, that's those details. <laughs> Chris Carter, loved Chris Carter in football. His sideline catches. My brothers and I would go practice that immediately after the game. Throw me a Chris Carter. Okay. Torrey Hunter in baseball, how he would dive and catch the ball and hit home runs. And I had my favorites in dirt bike racing, NASCAR, snowmobile racing. Um, if they drove an Arty Cat, it was off the table. But if they drove a Polaris, we could talk. I had worship leaders that I admired, um, preachers I admired, and with the invention of the internet, man, you can see preachers from all over the globe, and so there are people I'd watch and admire, and I wanted to be like them. And I noticed when we're younger, of course, the people we want to be like, typically we're impressed by, you know, what they do, right? Their gifts, their talents, their abilities. And I know that, um, but as the older I get, as the older we get, the more I see and experience in life, my perspective on what I admire and respect has really begun to, it's, it's matured, it's adjusted, it's adjusted. Certainly still appreciate the gifts and abilities of, of people in the sports world, a professional, wherever it might be, in ministry, all the things, but I still have my favorites to cheer for, for sure. But the things that I admire and respect about someone is really much more what's beneath the surface. What's not seen. I want to be like them someday has a much deeper meaning, a different set of criteria. I wonder if you're the same. There was a show recently that came out, uh, Kirk and Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, um, was followed throughout an entire season. And of course, man, it showed the highlights. It was a crazy season, the last second comebacks, all of these things. And of course, it highlighted his, his gifts, his abilities, his leadership. But man, it also gave the viewer a close look behind the scenes of his life. And after watching that, I was left with so much respect, really, for him as a, as a human 
and as a follower of Jesus. Like, wow, he's, he's the real deal. I want to be like Kirk. <laughs> and the more I thought about the people in my life who I truly want to be like, there's a lot of people in my life that I admire and respect. It really has one thing in common. What I see over and over again is that they are truly following Jesus. Truly following Jesus. It's not a show on the outside. It's something that's really been formed on the inside. It's not some religious garment they put on on a, on a Sunday morning. It's how they live when nobody's watching. And you get those moments, those glimmers, those glimpses into someone's life when you catch them doing something, you know, they maybe don't want to be seen. You're like, that right there, that's it, right there, that's it. I want to be like that. It truly reflects the image or person of Jesus. And as we come into a new year, um, I want to take this Sunday and I want to propose a question. I want to propose a question. Here's the question. What does it look like for you and I to truly follow Jesus this year? 2024, what does it look like for you and I to truly follow Jesus this year? What does it look like? Typically on Sundays, man, this would be a time for, um, let me give you a couple keys, maybe, to experiencing your best life in 2024. Come on, somebody, cast some vision. This is what we're going to do as a church. Get everyone pumped up and excited. Make some declarations about this year, being our best year ever. And I'm not against that necessarily. But what I've wrestled with as I've desired to follow Jesus is, okay, here's the vision, but what is, what is the vision? What's the substance of the vision for 2024? Or when we say, like, you're going to have your best year ever, what does best year ever actually mean? What does it mean when we say that? What are the metrics used to determine if that's what actually happened? So I want to invite you in to just to ponder, to consider. I'm not the all authority on scripture today. I want you to wrestle. I want, you, I want to invite you into a wrestling match with Jesus today. I'm sorry. You're welcome. I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> and to kind of just consider, ponder, think. Last year I spoke on this exact same Sunday, and it was on the topic of contentment, and I know all of you remember everything I said, so we don't have to go over it again. But <laughs> it was on contentment, and at the start of the message, I said, maybe there's more value in reflecting on the year just to see all that God was doing in your life throughout the course of the year because he causes everything to work together for good. So maybe there's more value and at the start of the year, kind of saying like, you know, I don't know what this year is going to bring, but God's got this year. God says he goes before me. I know God's going to be in this year. I don't know what this year is going to bring. And kind of just remove some of the pressure of having to just act like it's going to be great. What does great mean? <laughs> kind of remove that pressure a little bit. Um, because little did I know after last year, standing on the stage on, I think it was January 1, or whatever date it actually was, but little did I know 2020, 23 would be filled with so many hardships. So many hardships, suffering and pain. Two weeks from that message, I'd be sitting on the couch with my parents in their living room on a Sunday morning grieving the biggest loss of my family's life and the tragic loss of my brother. Two weeks into the year. 
the call and work of ministry it would be tested like never before, 2023, and, and numerous other trials. And I'm not here to like throw a pity party and tell my sob stories, but, but that's the reality of 2023. And along with that, though, it was filled with joy. There was many blessings, lots of good things in 2023, lots of good things. Great memories were made, and I've truly seen the goodness of God. And I want to ask you just maybe to consider and reflect on your 2023 but as we look back, the typical question of reflection would be, okay, what happened to us? Was it good or bad? What happened to us in 2023? Was it good or bad? And I do think maybe a better question to ask is, what happened in me in 2023? I know what has happened to me, but consider this today, church. What happened in you in 2023? Am I, am I more like Jesus after last year. And for this new year of 2024 that begins tomorrow, I want to invite you to consider this prayer. It may sound simple, but boy, is it dangerous. Here's the prayer. Jesus, make me more like you. Jesus, make me more like you. And I'm not trying to predict gloom or doom. <laughs> no, I, no. I'm also not going to stand up here and say everything will be perfect this side of eternity. I mean, we all know there's a president, presidential election coming up this year. Yay. <laughs> I mean, it's heavy. It's turmoil. It's tension-filled. It's all of the things. But what I can promise you today is that the Holy Spirit can and will use everything for good. And that good being the formation of Jesus inside of us, he will use it all. So God, whatever comes in 2024, Jesus, make me more like you. Jesus, make me more like you. So, Instead of telling you the plan for what we're going to do this year, I'd like to have you consider a person to follow this year. To follow this year. To follow. But before we do that, I think we need to back up a little bit first and start with something a little bit more basic and ask another question. So before we get to that, I want to ask you this question. Do you, do you want to be more like Jesus? Friend, believer, Christian, do you want to look more like Jesus? Please don't give me just a Sunday school answer. Really consider, are you sure? Are you sure you want to look, sound, act, think more like Christ? Like, like for real want to? Like for real. Is there a true desire in your heart that, like, that says... Jesus, I want to be like you. Jesus, I want to be like you. Or today, are we maybe just impressed by all the great things Jesus did, has done, because he's done great things, amen? Praise God for all he has done. It's incredible. Or is this their, their, their an admiration, an admiration 
of who he is and our hearts say, I want to be just like him someday. I want to be just like him someday. Not in deity, but in holiness and character. I want to be like Jesus. So church, follower of Christ, are you following the way of Jesus? Let's reflect on 2023. Have we followed the way of Jesus? Are we an apprentice to the great teacher? Have we yielded ourselves to his feet and say, teacher, teach me your ways? Are we a disciple of Christ, someone who looks like Christ? And it, it can't be this sort of like have to attitude. Oh, I guess so. I guess I, I better do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it needs to be a want to. A deep want to, deep desire. Jesus, I want to be like you. Because the way of Jesus and following him, man, okay, hold on. It will include some key things that we cannot bypass. And here's where we're going today. Before we say yes, make sure you read the fine print. Make sure you know what you are getting yourself into. Jesus' words, not mine. Ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Luke 14, 26-33. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple." So at the end of service today, there'll be a sign up on the back table to follow Jesus or scan this QR code real quick. I'm expecting that the sign up to just to be filled immediately. Why would anybody want to do this? I think we have to wrestle with this. We have to consider this. We have to, this Jesus is kind, but certainly not safe. Like this, this way of Jesus is so much more than it's, it's everything. Okay, we read, read, why would anybody want to do this? You want to follow Jesus, congrats. Why? What's your why? Because it matters so much with your ability to continue, to not quit, to not give up, to see it through. We have to come to this place, all of us, where we fully believe fully believe that he, Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. 
There is no other option. You've got to come to this place of revelation that to lose your life is to find it. But to try to keep your life is to lose it. You have to come to this revelation where you have found and you know and you believe you have found the pearl of great price. The treasure of all treasures. You have found true life. Can we look at Paul speaking to the Philippians and see what he has to say of why he follows Christ? Can we look at what he says? It's super insightful. In Philippians 3, 7 through 11, it says this. But whatever gain I had, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Everything as loss because of the what? Surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Why do you want to follow Jesus? Because I want to know him. Paul says everything else is a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Amen. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. My prayer for you and myself is that we would individually have a revelation of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why are you following him? Because I want to know him. Jesus, make me more like you. My prayer and desire for all of us in this body of believers is that we would fall more in love with Jesus this year. Fall more in love with Jesus this year. So a year from now, we could look back and reflect. Say, did I fall more in love with Jesus this year? I know all of these things happened to me, but did love for Christ happen in me? Did I discover the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus this year? No matter what happens to us, the formation of Christ would happen inside of us. That knowing Jesus would not only be our vision for 2024, but it would be a lifetime pursuit. Jesus, make me more like you. And this is why I believe this is such a beautiful prayer. And pursuit. This is why I think this is so beautiful. Because when you give Jesus everything, when you give him everything, all of you, he is your only pursuit. He will begin to influence and transform everything in your life. Everything. Nothing goes untouched. Nothing. He is a jealous God 
who desires all of us because ultimately it is what is best for us. He is a jealous God. And it begins to transform how we see and relate with other humans. Can you imagine marriages, how they begin to grow and reflect the beauty of Christ when each person is saying, Jesus, make me more like you. Beautiful things begin to happen in marriages. Beautiful things the workplace now has a, a representation of Christ. Scott, in this place, Jesus, make me more like you this year. Help me better reflect you this year. And he's placed you there, and now you are representing him. The sports team is now rubbing shoulders with, with people who reflect Jesus. The way we handle our money changes everything, even our own life, how we live changes. How we see our life changes. It's all considered a lot. None of it, it's all yours, God. It's all for you. That level of depth of, of love for Christ, I want that for us this year. The possessions we have, they serve a different purpose. But again, but again, but again, church, make sure you count the cost to follow Jesus before you start, to make sure that you can keep going. Count the cost, Jesus said. And I don't know what this looks like specifically for you in this room, anybody here today. I, it's something we all have to search out for ourselves this year to come before the Lord and say, God, I don't know what it practically, how it practically plays out in your life this year. But the Holy Spirit will let you know. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to become more like Christ. But I, knew, I know a couple things that it will include this year. Okay, I got a couple points. It will include a couple things this year. One, it will include Jesus above all others. 2024, do you want to look more like Jesus? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, it will include Jesus above all others. Jesus above all others. The passage we read earlier in Luke 14 says that in order to follow Jesus, we must hate everyone else. Yes, even our own life. Jesus above all others. And this can sound confusing because aren't we supposed to love? Like what? Hate? Love? I'm confused. Honor our father and mother. Isn't that also in scripture? Yes. Serve my wife and children like Jesus did to the church? Yes, 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 yes. Jesus is not communicating an absolute hatred like an actual hatred towards somebody, but rather a hatred by comparison. A hatred by comparison to your love for Christ. It says this, that, that same passage says this in the New Living Translation. It says, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life in comparison. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Not be my disciple. It says this in the Amplified Version. I think it's another, helps bring some clarity to this text. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, just even his own life, in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God, he cannot be my disciple. I hope that helps stay a little bit. It's an all or nothing kind of thing. It's Jesus above all else, truth and reality. 
All believers are called to acknowledge the lordship of Christ and show him preference over all earthly ties. Can I say that again? All believers are called to acknowledge the lordship of Christ and show him preference over all earthly ties. Do you want to be a disciple of Christ in 2024? I know it will include this. I know it will include this. And, you know, this might not be a super common thing in the United States, but, man, other parts of the world, think about this. There are people who face, for their faith in Christ, they face shunning, disowning, or persecution from their families. And I know we might not practically experience that here, but I want to, I want to have that same kind of devotion to Christ that if that were to be the case, I could say yes to Christ. Does that make sense? That the lack of persecution wouldn't make me less of a disciple. Does that make sense? I want this same revelation, even though I don't experience that in a practical way, that same kind of devotion to Christ, considering it could cost me everything. I remember growing up, um, there, was a, there was an artist, his name was Ray Bolt, and uh, there was a song, and I was pretty young, and had a really, um, this song called, I Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. That, that messed me up. That song, because I was a little boy. And the video, the start, I just watched it this morning, and I'm like, I was having flashbacks, like, whoa. <laughs> I'm feeling the stuff. There's this little boy who his dad was going to, like, be taken away because of his faith in Christ. I was like, that's too real. What if that happens to my dad? And just, ah, you know, it's kind of nightmare material. And, but it marked me. If it were ever to come to that someday, wherever the Lord called, it's that kind of faith in Christ, that kind of discipleship to him that I think I, de I desire. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know, this is the wrestle. This is the wrestle. And in 2024, I pray that you'd enter this wrestle. It is, is it, is it Jesus above all others for you, for me? Jesus above all others. Is it Jesus above your own life? I would hate for the comforts of the country we live in to rob us, to rob us from the commitment to Christ that is biblical. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And I think this is the way it's, it's disciples of Christ who are, who are fully all in. The second point is this. As I'm getting closer to wrapping it up. The second point is this. It will include taking up your cross. It will include taking up your cross. Luke 14, 27 in the Amplified said, whoever does not carry his own cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me, he cannot be my disciple. I know this is a super like happy new year where it's the confetti, like I know this I know it's that kind of message, but you're all just really thinking and pondering quietly in your seats today. But it was just heavy on my heart as I was preparing a couple months ago, like what's 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 the New Year's message vision gonna be? Let's be like Jesus. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's read Luke 14. 
Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. It's, it's, but it's real. It's, this is it. And if Paul says, like, to know him is why. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to intimately know Jesus? Only a question you can answer. Does your heart say yes today? It includes some of these things. And it, it, it's, it's beautiful. So, maybe a good vision for 2024 is this. You know, instead of like, I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible every day. You know, those are all good things. But maybe in 2024 is this. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up my cross daily. Daily, I'm going to pick up my cross. Daily, I'm going to pick up my cross. Conforming to Jesus' example of living. Daily, I'm going to pick up my cross. Conform to Jesus' example of living. Taking up your cross is a figure of speech that is really closely related to crucify the flesh. <laughs> more, more exciting news today. Crucify the flesh. The Bible talks a lot about this. We could spend, I think, a lot, many, many weeks talking about crucifying the flesh. Believers, listen and listen and Believers are to behave like a person carrying his own cross to the place of his execution. Paul follows the Lord's words to their logical conclusion. Not only must believers pick up and carry their cross, but they must also make sure their death sentence gets carried out. Crucifying the flesh illustrates the putting to death of selfish, sinful desires. What's your goal for 2024? Ah, crucify the flesh. That will wig some people out. <laughs> we were at the gym the other day. They're like, what's, what's your goal for 2024? I'm, I'm preparing the message. Like, yeah, you don't want to know. Like, <clears throat> I want to win a heat race of the races this year. I want, to, want, 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 I want to win a heat race. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But for the believer of Christ, what if it's like this year I want, I want to crucify the flesh to a greater extent? I, my flesh needs to be crucified, I'll be first to say. God, help me pick up my cross this year and crucify my flesh. The evil desires and passions that, that rageth in me. Do you want that this year? The band can come up as we get ready to close. Here's what Galatians 5.24 says. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What are the passions and desires? Colossians 3.5 says this. A lot of Amplify today. I don't know why, but it's just, it's working. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings in your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passions, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, it includes taking up your cross. It includes crucifying the flesh. The flesh and its evil, it's this. Jesus, is, he's coming after that this year. And it's, it's out of the kindness of God. It's not shame. It's not a guilt. It's none of that. It's to set you free. 
is to make you more like him this year. Jesus, make me more like you. All right, hop on the cross. What? And it involves repentance. It involves confession. All of these beautiful things in scripture that the church cannot get away from. Discipleship to Christ has to include this or it is not discipleship to Jesus. Church, this is discipleship to Christ. And so, do you want to accept the invitation this year? Do, so put to death, one more time, and deprive of power the evil longings in all of our earthly body. All of us, okay? We're all here today. With its sensual, self-centered instincts, instincts immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. It replaces your devotion to God. My heart today is that this body of believers, this body of believers would take a moment on December 31st to consider this Jesus and all he is. He is everything. The surpassing worth. <laughs> He's Jesus to count the cost and decide if you want to follow him this year. It won't be perfect. There will be ups and downs. You will fail, and so will I. And he's there to pick you up again. Though the righteous man falls, he gets back up again. Jesus says, come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. To be a follower, a disciple of Christ, is the essence of the Christian life. We want to be like him. I think the Holy Spirit is given to us to say, I want, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. Not in his deity, but in his holiness, in his character, in his likeness. And I just think that that's like, it was the answer then. It was, it was how Jesus answered the problem of like, go into all the world now. Here's the game plan, church and make disciples. Not go into the whole world and have really entertaining church services or, what, or like try to be real secret, like all sensitive or like really like all this kind of stuff, like try to win them by like offering. If we have to get away from just offering the pure gift of Jesus, then like we've gotten off track. A church where your heart, a believer where your heart is just, is sold, it's wooed, it's been won, it's been given fully over to Christ. That's what we need in the church. And it comes through the gospel being proclaimed. You were dead in your sins. You are now alive in Christ. God, I love you, Jesus. Now I want to be like you. Hang on. One step at a time. Daily. Take up your cross. This is how, this is the game plan to, to infect, to spread the good news, to be Christ in this world. It's through making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. I want to be a church where we're in love with Jesus and we're committed to making disciples from young age to the oldest. You might have been following Jesus your whole life, and guess what? There's more flesh. 
There's more to go. There's deeper revelations of the knowledge of Christ to, to experience and to attain. It never stops this side of eternity until someday we get to stand face to face with our riches. and No, Jesus, fully look into his face. If you think that following Jesus is going to get you some special something that's other than Christ, you might be disappointed. And I don't want to sell discipleship on like, you're going to gain more. No, I hope true discipleship says everything is a loss. Everything is rubbish. Everything, it's nothing compared to. I hate it all compared to, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for your provisions, God. I'm grateful for everything you've given me, but all of it in comparison to Christ means nothing. Let's pray today. Let's just pray today. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here now. Holy Spirit, I feel stirred to say yes to you today. And I also feel reminded to count the costs today. You don't, you don't trick us. You, you lay it out before us. This is what it looks like. Do you want in? And I want in, God. So whatever 2024 looks like, whatever comes to me, whatever happens to me, Jesus, make me more like you. Today, if you want that to be your prayer, it's just you and God. He's listening to you. I'm not listening. Nobody else. doesn't matter. Jesus hears your heart. He hears your prayer today. If you want to embrace this kind of following Christ and this kind of discipleship, and you just say yes to Jesus today. Yes to Jesus today to the way of Jesus today. We're going to sing another song, and it's called um, Make Room. I think it's super fitting and appropriate as we planned it out months ago. It's just cool how God lines it all up. But I will make room for you, God, to do whatever you want to. We're going to sing that today, and I invite you to have this be your prayer. Have this be your, if you need to kneel down, if you need to come to the altar, if you need to sit, stand, lift your hands, however you need to express your surrender to God today, if that's what, if that's what you want to do, then I invite you to do that this morning. So let's sing.